Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Tuesday, August the 1st. We begin a brand new month, and I did change my calendar behind me because the last time we had a, a change of month, I didn't change the calendar until a couple of days later until my one of you pointed out to me that I was using the calendar from last month. So this morning I changed it, and there it is, August of 2023. Today we're going to talk a little bit about a post that I have over at the American Thinker uh, regarding Mexico and the president of Mexico and some comments that he made uh, about the Drug Enforcement uh, Administration. But let me begin with just some thoughts about the women's soccer team in the World Cup. As all of you know, I'm not a big soccer fan, but I do like to cheer for the home team. So when the U.S. is playing anywhere, whatever sport, I'm going to cheer for the team. I want the team to win. I mean, it's it's a natural thing. You want the home team to win. Uh, it's like in sports. You know, I'm not a big fan of this or that. But when one of the teams from Texas is playing, I cheer for that team. But this particular soccer team is becoming very difficult to cheer for. And, and that's because uh, the personality of this team is, is rather unfriendly. And we saw this when they were standing, uh, you know, during the national anthem. And, you know, last night they were, they were very lucky to get out of the first round. And this is a team with very high expectations. This is a team that is supposed to win it all. But they were very lucky last night to get out of the first round. And after they uh, – Qualify for it. They qualify for the next round by tying, I think, Portugal. These women are having this celebration as if they had won the World Cup. And you know, I, I was watching one of the one of the former members of the team basically saying it's embarrassing for them to be acting this way after, you know, they barely got into uh, the second round. So I don't know what's going to happen. I wish them well, but this is not a team that's winning a lot of hearts and minds back here. And if, if you think about what the purpose of this is, obviously winning uh, the World Cup, but the real purpose of this is to somehow establish women's soccer as a professional sport in the United States. And in order to do that, they've got to get a lot of people to follow the sport in order to compete for television and everything else. And I don't think this team is doing that. This is not a friendly team. And I think whoever runs this organization needs to – you know, take a look at this and maybe the next time around uh, have people on the team who really love the country and who want to show that love for the country uh, every time uh, every time they, they go on public display. Because this team, you don't get the feeling that they like the country a lot. And that's too bad because they're all very fortunate to be Americans and living in the United States. Let's talk about uh, my post over at the American Thinker. You may remember that uh, the chief of the Drug Enforcement Agency was before the House or the Senate here recently. And it's a lady, a lady, and uh, she made some very interesting revelations about the size of the cartels in Mexico, not only the size of the cartels, but the international reach of the cartels and how some of these cartels are frankly quite big, quite big. And their penetration into many aspects of Mexican politics and society is also not just quite big, but quite deep. And uh, these remarks obviously caught the president of Mexico 
I don't know if he was caught by surprise, but he didn't like the remarks. So when he was asked the question uh, during the one of his morning press conferences, uh, I don't know, one member of the press asked him a question about what this lady said before the House. This is what Lopez Obrador said, quote, the woman from the DEA, unquote, the woman from the DEA uh, doesn't know what she's talking about which I thought was very unnecessary. I mean, if he didn't know the lady's name, that's fine. He could say the lady from the DEA. But for him to refer to this uh, person as the woman from the DEA, I thought that was rather unnecessary on the part of Lopez Obrador. But this is a tactic that he uses all the time. Whenever, whenever he feels or when he doesn't have an answer for something or somebody criticizes him, what he does is he attacks the critic. He goes after the critic and begins to mock the critic, begins to question their credibility rather than deal with the issue. The issue is that the cartels are deep in Mexico. And, uh, you know, that, and it, it does appear to many of us that the Mexican government has not accepted that reality or is not taking these cartels seriously enough when you consider the threat that they represent to the country, uh, not just to uh, the economy of the country, not just to the people who are obviously killed uh, almost on a daily basis in Mexico, but they, they threat that they represent to the political sovereignty of the country. I mean, these groups are very powerful. They have a lot of money, and they're using that money uh, at every opportunity that they can to increase their, their influence in Mexico and everywhere that they can. So, you know, I don't expect a lot to happen. Uh, because, frankly, we have a president in the White House who seems more interested in getting into a legal fight with Texas over some barriers that we have on the river rather than dealing with this problem, which is the seriousness of these criminal organizations operating in Mexico. So I don't expect a lot of it to, to be done, but I am hoping, I am hoping uh, that two things happen. One is that there is a conversation in the United States in the upcoming presidential election about Mexico and what's happening with these cartels. I also hope, frankly, that there is a conversation in Mexico. They have an election, too, coming up next year. In fact, their election is going to be five months before our election. So they're going to be campaigning for president uh, down in Mexico in five months, maybe less. They're going to be campaigning for president. I hope the presidential candidates in Mexico uh, take very seriously this threat of criminal organizations on their territory. Uh, you know, it's too easy to say, well, you guys in the United States consume the drugs. I know that's been the point made over the years, and it is true that we consume the drugs. But these criminal organizations have gotten so big and powerful that they now represent not just a threat to the young people up here who are being threatened by fentanyl, but they represent a threat to Mexico itself, to the government of Mexico. And I would like to see uh, somebody running for president in Mexico point this out and talk about the fact that you know Mexico has to deal with it. Now, it, hopefully, the next two presidents of Mexico, the next president of Mexico and the next president of the United States, sometime in, in 2025, will sit down and come up with a coordinated policy because we got to work together on this. It is, after all, a border. And we got to work together, but we need to work together and fix this problem. It's not simply, you cannot say, you know, that the cartels are not in Mexico or that uh, the people in the United States are consuming the drugs. 
That's too easy, too simplistic. This is a problem that is affecting both countries, and both countries have to sit down and deal with it. So I don't expect anything to happen out of the Biden administration. Uh, unfortunately, nothing's going to happen out of the Lopez Obrador administration. But hopefully, our next two presidents uh, in the next 18 months will sit down and deal with it, because these are serious problems that are affecting uh, both countries. So um, I hope that happens, because we really need a solution, a mutual solution. We've got to work together. Uh, to deal with what, it, what is, in essence, a problem on the border. You know, there's a very interesting post uh, that I read uh, out of a San Francisco newspaper about the problem that shoplifting is doing to San Francisco businesses. In fact, I read something about a family business that has been around for a long, long time in San Francisco. And the, the amount of dollars that they're losing because of shoplifting. Now, why is shoplifting happening? Now, of course... Shoplifting is, you know, part of, of reality. There's always going to be shoplifting. That's just, the way, that's just the way it is. But what's happening in San Francisco, of course, is it's gotten completely out of control, and you can just see the videos of it. And unfortunately, the local authorities have decided not to do anything about it. So when you don't do anything about shoplifting, what do you think happens? There's more shoplifting. And who loses when you have all this shoplifting? All these businesses that employ people that have to somehow pass the cost of shoplifting down to their customers. And, of course, this also has an impact on insurance rates, which is uh, another, another problem uh, happening in many, in many of these Democrat cities. Well, just a quick thing from on this day in history. On this day in 1982, two of my favorites, baseball players, Hank Aaron and Frank Robinson, went into the Hall of Fame together. And these are two guys that I grew up watching. And, you know, as I'm sure maybe some of you can appreciate, you tend to develop a much more emotional attachment with the players that you grew up watching, that you remember not just watching on TV, but collecting their baseball cards, going to the stadium to see them play. And you just have an emotional attachment to them that you may not have with some of the players today who are still very good and the game is great, but it's not quite the same thing as the players that you used to cheer when you were a kid or when you were a teenager or you know, even on uh, into your 20s. Uh, Frank Robinson and Hank Aaron were those two, two of the players that I grew up watching. I was a huge fan of both of them. And they went into the Hall of Fame on this day in 1982. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>